across the block. Here come the Aces on the run. The Energizer looks for Ty Young. Sprints to the hoop. Off the glass and good. Good, good, good. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, mercy. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. And here we go. Get ready for the fourth quarter of game number four. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Hammy's going to let one fly. Chelsea three. Chelsea three. The Energizer. What a three from half court. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? T.C. Martin. There are six seconds to go. And the Energizer hit a wild, crazy, improbable three. To give the aces the lead. The doctor is now in, 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 in. All right. Glad to have you with us. Hour number two of the show. Yes, we're right around the corner from the aces. They had a scrimmage yesterday. Appreciate Jerica Hamby joining us last hour. Opening day coming up. Aces get ready to turn back. To the Mandalay Bay, the Michelob Ultra Arena, the newly named, pretty fired up. And Ballpark Frank is ready to get to the arena, get ready to go see some WNBA action, Las Vegas Aces. Are they ready to storm the arena? They're going to storm the arena. <laughs> yeah, when the Seattle storm come, they'll storm. Right? That's when they open up with, right? Although it's up in they, Seattle. That's true. That's true. First home game will be against the LA Sparks. All right. So they're going to light it up. Yeah. You don't like the idea of the, the, the Sparks in L.A., do you? I, with all the wildfires in L.A., I think they should think about changing that name. Yeah. Yes, they really do. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't really make much sense, does it? Yeah, Sparks? I mean, you know, you, you want to light up the scoreboard, but uh, yeah, there's you know problems there. You know, back in, in the day when the WNBA in the late 90s, when they came up and they had the same ownership group of the NBA teams as the WNBA teams. They played in the same arenas, pretty much like I said, same ownership, and they tried to keep the names uh, similar. similar. Like the Kings had the Monarchs, you know, the little realm, and they were all kind of like that. How the L.A. Lakers and the L.A. Sparks, to me that doesn't go It's together. fire and water. But that's, that's not a thing. It's not a thing. Well, it, it, I mean, water. Apparently, is somebody water. thought it was. Give, give me some water. I mean, they and some might water. be opposites, but like, you know, like surfers and water skiers. You like James That's Taylor? I, I know you don't like James the music Taylor. That I like fire you know? and rain. Yeah, fire and rain. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That'd be Lakers and Sparks. I mean, fire and rain. No, one, it does go together. No one's putting that seventies tune together of fire and rain. I just did. <laughs> I'm sorry that people aren't as smart as me that they can't figure it out. But yes, you can make it work. <laughs> Are you our demo or what? I don't know. Oh, I'm sure I'm not. <laughs> I'm beyond my demographic. <laughs> the hits keep coming, ladies and gentlemen. We usually don't play this type of stuff, but here's a little James Taylor. Fire James and rain. Taylor was awesome. Hell, he was great. Just Saw him at Poplar Creek. Great great guitar player. Listen to that. Great guitar player. Yeah, Nia's going, and, and who it, the heck is this and guy? And his biggest hit, arguably. She was my grandfather never even listened well, to this. And his biggest, his, his biggest hit, probably, You've Got a Friend, was actually written by Carole King. This is true. And they've done that together in a uh, reunion at the Troubadour that I saw in Austin City Limits. In L.A., by yes. the way, the Troubadour. Yes. Yeah, fine. Very good. Look at you. See? Look at your knowledge. See, so Sparks and uh, Lakers, Fire and Rain in L.A. It. Still sounds horrible. It's all right there. No good. No good. No good. Well, I mean, the, the, it's not like there isn't worse names because the Utah Jazz doesn't really work. <laughs> and, and when you think about it, Lakers in L.A. doesn't really work. What's a lake in L.A.? A mud puddle? Yeah. Again, <laughs> that's what happens. The Minneapolis Lakers make sense. I and mean, when you transport a team to a different city, sometimes you got to start over. And you're, you're right. The Jazz, the New Orleans Jazz made a lot of sense. Utah Jazz, not so much. Yeah, when you I go know. from the land of 10,000 lakes to the ten to, land of... Well, there's Big big Bear. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else is. I mean. And perfect example, <laughs> speaking in the WNBA here, okay, keeping it here, the San Antonio Silver Stars, they became the Las Vegas Aces. They very easily could have went by the Jazz way and the Laker way and kept the same name, right? The Las Vegas Silver Stars. Now, and let's start fresh. Let's give it a Vegas-themed name. So if they would have kept success. Silver Stars, it would have been even more ironic that Mark Davis ended up buying them. That's true. With the silver and black and then the Silver Stars. I know. I know. You know, maybe in hindsight they should have kept it. <laughs> I think Aces works very nicely, I think though. Aces works nicely yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, All I'm saying is if you're creative enough, you can make anything work. 
There you go, man. Split those aces. Double down. That's what you got to do. You know, a lot of good stuff you can do with an ace. Don't forget that. All right, let's talk a little Kentucky Derby and bring in our good friend Marco D'Angelo coming to the post right now. Is that Marco on a horse? Wait a minute, Marco. You don't look like a jockey. I don't know if you can make it on a horse. Numchuck, you're you're playing the the call to the post there. Here comes Marco. Here he comes, and down the stretch he comes. What's happening, my friend? I I get a little carried away. Sorry. No problem. Yeah, you don't want to see me making an entrance on a horse. I feel bad for the horse. <laughs> well, you, you went from post time to down the stretch in a hurry. Yeah. That's the fastest. That's not even two minutes. That's like the fastest two seconds in horse racing. Yeah, it wasn't even the, a quarter horse at Los Alamitos. <laughs> no, yeah. that, that was really quick. He's out of the gate and down the stretch. <laughs> uh, maybe he was playing uh, when they bring a fresh plate of crab legs out on the buffet. I can get to the. I can do the sprint pretty good. <laughs> All right. So, Marco, Saturday, Kentucky Derby. Uh, we we hyped it all up. We previewed it on Friday. Uh, we'll get into that. But let's go to the stretch call, courtesy of NBC, on Saturday. As they make their way to the top of the stretch, Medina Spirit and Mandalone are stride for stride. Hot run, Charlie, and essential quality closing on the outside. The four of them come into the final furlong. Medina Spirit battles on. Hot Rod Charlie on the outside. And Central Quality on the far outside. The four of them coming to the finish in the Kentucky Derby. Here's the wire. Bob Baffert does it again. Medina Spirit has won the Kentucky Derby. Mandaloon was second. Hot Rod Charlie was third. Essential Quality was fourth. 2 the final time. Bob Baffert stands alone with seven Derby wins. A little bit of a surprise there. 12 to 1 shot, Medina Spirit. Uh, John Velasco is one of the best jockeys out there. Should be no surprise. I think we touched upon that a little bit on Friday at the Cosmopolitan as well. Won the but, Oaks as well, too. That's right. And while we were on the air, he won the Oaks. Very good point, Frank. Uh, Half length victory over second place finisher, Mandalone, making for the closest derby finish since 2005 when uh, Giacomo beat closing argument by that same distance. Marco, give us your thoughts uh, about the derby. Well, two uh, big points uh, to be made. One, uh, for two of the major contenders, uh, Rock Your World, uh, one of the horses that I was very high on, uh, got taken out at the gate. Uh, Essential Quality got bumped at the gate. Uh, Rock Your World got it worse. Uh, this is a horse that would have been on the lead or at least right off the uh, lead if he broke cleanly and instead got away next to last. Uh, that ended his uh, shot in the race immediately and essential quality a um, little bit of a questionable ride by uh, Luis Saez he had uh, essential quality wide the entire race uh, went the second furthest distance and considering uh, where he finished and by how much he got beat that extra distance uh, proved costly for him Medina Spirit, let's not take anything away from what he did, uh, but John Velasquez, uh, you know, kind of stole this race. I mean, he broke from the gate clean. We knew they were going to go try to be on the lead or right at it, and when he inherited the lead, and the only horse that was coming at him was the big long shot, Soup and Sandwich, who never really got to his neck in the race, it was what we like to call, you know, on the lead, you know, easy on the lead. Uh, he wasn't pressured. And a horse will get brave, TC, when they're not challenged like that. And he carried it all the way down the stretch. He did. It seemed like he really wasn't challenged once they made that, that turn. And again, a very clean ride for Velasquez in Medina Spirit. And, and talk a little bit about the, the, the crowdedness of that field. And you mentioned, you know, Rocky World got taken out, you know, bumped at the start, never a factor, finished next to last. And that was sad. Like you said, you liked him. A lot of people liked him. We talked about it on Friday. I mean, how much of that had to do with the 19-horse field? Oh, there's no question about it. Several horses had, you know, traffic problems, you know, in the race. Known Agenda, another horse that a lot of people liked. Uh, this is a horse that doesn't have great uh, gate speed, tried to break out of there, but the, you know, the cavalry charge from the outside, you know, the dreaded one one post uh, come in, and he ended up getting in, you know, the back third of the field. You can't make up that kind of ground. Now, I will point out one horse 
in this race. He finished fifth, and it is the only horse, if you go back and look at the race, that was from the back of the pack that made up ground in the stretch. Now, granted, he got beat, you know, several lengths from those front four, but he was the only other horse that was a closer that was making up ground, and he did it at the end on the inside rail. And a lot of people commented after Friday's races and Saturday's races that they felt the rail was dead. Uh, horses that were, you know, a few wide were better off making up ground. So that's a horse, Obesos, that I will put a circle around, not for the Preakness, that's the shorter distance, but remember that horse when we get to Belmont, I think that's where they should point for that horse's next start, uh, could be a factor. But again, to Medina Spirit, uh, got that easy lead, didn't get pressured, uh, you know, bravened up down the stretch and then held off a very game mandaloon. And Hot Rod Charlie didn't get the cleanest of trips, but was, you know, racing right there uh, with him. And as bad as Essential Quality's trip was, really didn't get beat that much. Going to be an interesting preakness once we see who all is going to go. And we already know that Bob Baffert's supposedly best horse didn't race in the Derby concert tour. We'll be waiting for a stable mate uh, when they go to Pimlico for the uh, Preakness. You know, when they talked to Velasquez after the race, he mentioned the fact that the last time when he hooked up with Rock Your World, he thought that maybe uh, that they would be catch a tiring horse and Rock Your World had more in than they thought. I kind of got the feeling that when he saw that he was on the lead and he didn't see Rock Your World there, that he thought, this is now my race to lose. He ran fair fractions, but not nothing that was so blistering that it was going to burn him out. And then they brought up the point after the race, too. Once they're in the stretch, this horse hasn't won every time, but he hasn't been passed on the stretch at, at all. He's got a lot of heart. He does. And, you know, Bob Baffert, you know, we talked about it on the show countless times. This was a $1,000 yearling purchase and was resold at two for just $35,000. And Baffert said, you know, this little horse has a big, big heart, and he doesn't know how much he costs. Uh, and what you pointed out about Rock Your World in the previous start, I think is exactly what got Medina Spirit the win. When people saw Medina, that it was Medina Spirit on the lead, and it wasn't Rock Your World, it wasn't Hot Rod Charlie or Essential Quality, the big guns in the race, I think they waited a little bit too long to make their moves and go after him because they felt, hey, this horse can't go this distance. He can't carry the field. He's going to come back to us. And that's what several of the jockeys, including uh, Velasquez, said after Rock Your World won the Santa Anita Derby because, you know, that was the first time off of turf. Nobody knew that he could go that far. They didn't give him, you know, they didn't take him seriously. And I think that's what happened with Medina Spirit. That won't happen in the Preakness. Uh, one, because Concert Tour is going to be in there. It's kind of interesting, though, when you have two horses in a big race like that and both of them are major players out of the same barn, what do you, you know, they're separate ownership. And, but you don't want to run each other down. And if they both like to run on the front end, something's got to give there. Uh, that's going to be interesting how these two go about it. Normally, you don't want your, you know, your stars going against one another, but when it comes to the Triple Crown, you don't have a choice and you've got to do it. Marco, you talk about concert tour, mentioning that that's probably Baffert's best horse. Why wasn't he in the Derby? I think it was more of a distance issue, and he really didn't uh, race as good as Baffert wanted him to in that last prep race. So I think it took a little bit out of him. He got in that speed duel, if you remember, uh, with Cotter River, the other horse from uh, Brad Cox that uh, everybody was putting together was going to be a match race, and it ended up being a match race, and it took a little bit out of him. And if you saw, uh, Cotter River didn't show up either for the Derby. Uh, skipped that one as well. I think the distance was the big factor, and they just didn't come out of that race as good as they would have liked, needed the extra couple weeks to freshen up. Now we're going to see Concert Tour on his best against the Medina Spirit. It's going to be interesting uh, what tactic they go with. Marco D'Angelo joins us uh, from Wager Talk, also horse owner 
our horse racing guru recapping the Kentucky Derby. Do you see any situation where it would be bittersweet whatsoever for Baffert if he won the Triple Crown but with different horses? Because that's a possibility that could happen. Or as a trainer, do you just go, as long as one of my, uh, one of my barn mates uh, wins the race, I'm good. Yeah, that would be an interesting story to, you know, sweep the Triple Crown with uh, different horses. Uh, that would be fun, but, you know, obviously you've got the chance for this horse, uh, you know, to get to the Triple Crown. I would totally question if somehow Medina Spirit would be able to pull off the Preakness, which, uh, you know, we'll wait and see where everybody draws and who shows up. I think that's going to be a tall order. But for this horse to go the mile and a half, I just, you know, it's the breeding isn't doesn't suggest that it should do that. Now, if you get a horse at the Belmont, you know, we talk about closers, and I mentioned Obesos. A lot of times what happens in the Belmont is because it is such a long race, and it will maybe be the only time in these horses' careers that they race a mile and a half. Nobody wants to be that first horse to make that move. You don't want to make that move premature. And sometimes a horse that is a front runner can steal the race because nobody's coming at them and they go very slow fractions. That would be about the only scenario if Medina Spirit is, you know, live for the Triple Crown that would have a shot. But uh, I just don't see it happening. Medina Spirit paid twenty six twenty to win twelve dollars to play seven sixty to show and the victory uh, for that barn one point eight six million dollars for bringing home the roses. Not bad for a thousand dollar horse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How how bad do you think the per- you know you want to talk about bittersweet? If you're the person that bred that horse and sold that horse, and later the story did come out on what happened, um, the breeder was going through a divorce put the horse in the sale, told the sale company, don't put a reserve on, and a reserve is what you can protect the horse to. Um, she said that had no choice, had to let the horse go for whatever it went. That had to be really a bitter pill to swallow watching the horse come down the stretch. You're happy you bred the horse, but, man, you've got to be disappointed in what happened. That'd be a little kickback coming back back your way, don't you think? I, I'm sure it makes you even that much more fond of your ex after that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving, huh? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> All right, Marco. Essential quality uh, went off the five to two favorite uh, first race of his career uh, that he loses. As we know, is five for five coming into this, and then you know coming down the stretch, it looked like okay, this horse might have enough to get there. What were your thoughts when you uh, saw essential? quality and then end up a little bit short yeah it again subject to the the trip the horse was wide the whole way didn't break as cleanly as the horse wanted so he had to use a little bit of the horse to regain the position that he did have unfortunately it was a wide trip and if you go back and you know look at tractus and in some of the other uh distance tracking services you will see that he went the second furthest distance in the race. Now, the other horse that went uh, further than him uh, for the race with the wide trip was Rock Your World, but Rock Your World finished way back, where this horse went wide and still finished the game uh, fourth and, you know, was right there for them across the track. So you can't fault what he did, and I think if he draws a better post position in the Preakness, if they decide to go there, he will be a, you know, a force to be reckoned with. Uh, same way with Hart Rod Charlie. I, you, know, you can't fault any of the four horses that finished 1-2-3-4. We did see that the Louisiana Derby was a good stepping stone for horses uh, entering this race. Obviously, Medina Spirit came from the Santa Anita Derby, but the other horses that finished right there were horses that raced in the Louisiana Derby and such. So uh, good showing for those horses, and we'll see what, uh, what happens and who shows up at Preakness. Uh, we could actually have a larger field. Normally the Preakness uh, is one of the shorter fields uh, with the horses of the Triple Crown. Everybody thinks they've got a shot because nobody believes Medina Spirit is a Triple Crown contender, so you're going to get everybody taking their shot. 
You mentioned a potential larger field for the Preakness. How big do you think it could be? And do you think there's a horse out there that maybe, like you mentioned, a closer that didn't get it done in the Derby, but maybe they sit out the Preakness thinking, okay, I'm going to let these horses tire themselves out with yet another stakes race, and then we're going to be gearing up to try to win the Belmont against horses that have just had two quality races and really a third when you had in their prep races leading up to that. Yeah, absolutely. And the horse that we already mentioned, Obesos, that would be one that I would say skips the Preakness, goes to the Belmont. Another one would be... Uh Keep, uh, keep me in mind, that horse ended up finishing seventh but made up ground as well. Now, the difference between that horse making up the ground and Obasis making up the ground, one did it stuck down inside, one did it extremely wide. Uh, so keep me in mind came from absolute dead last. The, uh, that was the only horse Rock Your World was in front of in the early going there. But, uh, yeah, you're going to see a fresh horse at Belmont. You're also going to see it happens every year at the Preakness. We call a new shooter, somebody that wasn't on the Derby, uh, you know, on the top of the Derby trail, uh, but then ends up at the Preakness uh, and is fresh. And we've already mentioned two of them that will be there. There'll be others, and there sometimes will be a local horse that races well at Pimlico. That's their home base, and they're doing well. They'll put a horse in and try to take a shot as well. So uh, we could end up with... <laughs> 10 to 14 horses at the Preakness, and if we get a full field there, that would be interesting because you go into that first turn at uh, Pimlico, it's, it, it comes up pretty quick on you. Marco, before you get into the Preakness here, I, I want to go back to Medina Spirit, and we were talking on Friday, and I know uh, Double B brought up the point too, about just wasn't sure how good these California horses are, the ones that ran in the Derby. And like you mentioned, that's where Medina Spirit came from. Does this tell us something about uh, the California crop this year? Yeah, the California crop, you know, is just as good as everybody else. I think what it tells us is that we don't have a standout in the three-year-old class. We thought possibly uh, Central Quality was that. But, guys, Central Quality went off the favorite. In reality, if Mattress Mac didn't bet $2.4 million because of the promotion on Essential Quality, Essential Quality and uh, Rock Your World would have went off as co-favorites if you take the money out of the pool. So even though Essential Quality was 5 for 5, the rest of the betting public didn't make, didn't say he was the overwhelming choice. And the other horse that came from the California circuit, although he raced his last race, not in the Santa Anita Derby, but that was Hot Rod Charlie. He came from the West Coast uh, circuit as well. So good showing for the West Coast, and they have been the dominant circuit over the last 10 years as far as horses go into the Derby. All right. So the Preakness, okay, we're two weeks away from that at Pimlico. Do we know as of now who's in, who's out? We have not. You're going to hear in the next probably four or five days um, the horses that raced in the Derby, how they came out of the Derby, and what the connections decisions will be. Uh, we'll see from there. Uh, I would expect to see Hot Rod Charlie there. I would expect to see Mandaloon there. Midnight Bourbon, um, this is a horse that didn't have the best of trips either with uh, Mike Smith. Got away 11th early on in the race. Uh, that's not his style. That horse likes to be up or on the, the lead. I would expect him to go there as well. Horses like Keep Me In Mind, Helium, um, they're going to probably skip that. Highly motivated, that's a questionable horse. He didn't get the trip that he wanted either. Uh, he didn't break well, uh, so no factor. We'll see what they, what they say, uh, but all of those horses that come from behind, uh, they will be moving on and looking at the Belmont. So one thing that we were talking about, you mentioned several of these horses that did not get the trip they want, and we talked about the traffic problems with the, you know, Rock Your World and some of these others as well, too. Do you think we need to put a, a max number of horses in these races, specifically the Derby? Because every year we talk about oh, 16, 18, 19, 20 horses. It's too many, and it's dangerous as well, too. What are your thoughts about that as a handicapper and specifically a horse owner? Well, the safety factors are there. Uh, now, I can tell you 
uh, TC, in Europe, they have some races. There was a race just a few uh, weeks ago over in Europe that's one of their biggest races. They had 30-some horses in that field. Okay, it's crazy, but it, it, it's a long race, and you know, not only was it a long race, but they also have the the steeplechase involved in right, that yeah. as well, and the horses are jumping. But it's because it is the Kentucky Derby, and this is what everybody strives for. Um, if you reduce the field, there's going to be so many good horses that don't get a chance, and I think why we're seeing the race more bottled up and competitive is since we've had the change of how you get into the derby before it was strictly on money earnings so horses that um maybe weren't true distance horses of the classic distance a mile and a quarter they would get in here and that's why we had for so many years a favorite didn't win the derby because the horses that got into the derby that looked good on paper and had a lot of money won were winning sprints and they had enough money to get into the derby well that's not the classic distance and then they raced poorly and got beat these are all horses that they put the point system on the races that lead up to the derby. You didn't see any sprints getting points. So that made a horse more, that makes all the field more competitive. And you've got horses that going into that, you know, first turn, they're tightly grouped. Yes, it's dangerous, but it's that one race a year, and they want that betting handle. Because it goes back to if you've got 10 horses, there's X number of combinations. If you've got 20 horses, you've got a gazillion combinations uh, of winning tickets there, and it makes for everybody betting in, in the inflated pools and everything that we love about the Derby. So, uh, yes, disappointed when your horse gets knocked out. That goes back to then we should never bet dog races. Uh, you know, dog racing, you're, you're done out of the gate. If you go into that first turn, how many times have you seen a dog go rolling around in the first turn? One, three, it's, five, seven. There you go. That's who you bet. Everyone else gets wiped out. There it is. <laughs> It's true, uh, but that that is you know what it is, and uh, I don't see it changing. Well, and like you mentioned, part of the allure and the mystique of the Derby is that there are so many horses and so many combinations, and you do have to have the points in that. You look at a guy like Batford, who just won it and won his seventh time. You could argue that he could have had two or three or four other horses in there as well, and if you're going to start limiting the field, what's to say that some trainer's not going to go, well, my horse couldn't even get into the field, and he would have won the damn thing, and he might be right. And even on the other side of that, like Marco said, I mean, Concert Tour is probably his best horse, and he doesn't even get a shot to run in. Well, in he's got a couple other horses you know? that some yeah. people think are as good or better than Medina Spirit. I yeah. mean, Baffert had the one horse going, and some people were saying, well, Baffert, who usually has three or four, only has the one this year, so probably not going to win. And then he goes and wins number seven anyhow. It, I, I, I think he's channeling his inner Tom Brady. He's like, <laughs> I got to say, I got to keep with Brady winning Super Bowls. And, and the key point here, like you said, Marco, this is the creme de la creme. That is. The, the 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 derby is what everybody strives for when you buy a horse you you breed the horse you want him there and you got a a great horse like concert tour oh sorry you know we we can't go with you because i got these other guys i mean as a horse owner i'd be pretty perturbed if i you know say hey i want this horse in the derby and he has no shot at, at going to the triple crown racing for the triple crown and creating any history well and, and let's say you limit the field to 12 horses or 14 yeah. horses baffert legitimately has five that are eligible yeah. so i got five of the 12 spots good luck everybody i'm beating me today that's crazy <laughs> Absolutely, and then then you got if if one trainer has as much of the field as that. Well, Fletcher had several horses this year, and you'll get some people that'll say, "Well, the conspiracy theory one's going to be used as a rabbit to help set up the closer and this and that." And we talked about it, that on Friday yeah. that that was yeah. a possibility if Rock Your World did get out there that somebody might challenge him just for that reason. And yeah, it obviously didn't happen. But uh, you need to get everybody that you know qualifies that has the chance, and you know, capping it at twenty. You know, do you take a couple off of it? You know, maybe. But this is one race a year, and uh, everybody wants to be a part of it. And I can tell you, even though people, you know, the last place horse, the soup and sandwich, the owner of that horse, okay, for. Two minutes in the whole week leading up to it had the experience of his life. And his horse was running second 
for a big part of the race, and he got that thrill. It's, it, it's still a life experience that they may never get back there again. And, you know, yeah, you're disappointed at the end of the day that your horse, you know, didn't get a check and, you know, finished back, but you still have that experience that whole week there. There's nothing like it, and uh, you can't take that away from everybody. All right, great stuff, Marco. Appreciate it, as always. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you. Well, uh, head to wagertalk.com. Uh, you can find me there. A lot of good free information there as well. And I am sure I'll be talking to you guys in a couple weeks. You got that right, my friend. Excellent stuff. Appreciate it as always. No problem, TC. All right, there you go. All right, Marco D'Angelo, uh, horse racing owner, handicapper extraordinaire, and you can find him at wagertalk.com. Uh, just great analysis, uh, breaking that down. And again, uh, no one uh, that I knew had a winning ticket uh, on that uh, whatsoever. I think our good friend Scott Spritzer got involved with Medina Spirit, and he won one of his match props. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I heard that was, horse mentioned, and maybe in some of the exotics in that. But I didn't. I don't know of anybody that necessarily had him on top, mm-hmm. be because of Rock Your World and that. But again, when Rock Your World had that horrendous uh, start to the race. I thought this thing is completely wide open at this point. Yep. I didn't know if he could hold on or not, but I, th- I think Marco hit on a good point there. I think a lot of people thought, well, this isn't the biggest horse in the world. He's going to tire, so maybe they did wait long, too long. And, and I know you're talking about making the fields narrower in that. Even if I would have had a bet on Rocky World, I still like the big field in that. I like that part of it. I like the thought of a, you know, a trifecta or a superfector or something like that, maybe paying tens of thousands of dollars in that because you don't know what's going to happen. Like you said before, I like the chaos a little bit. The Kentucky Derby is the first jewel of the Triple Crown. It's supposed to be incredibly difficult to win the Triple Crown, and that's what it was in this case here. Can Medina Spirit win it? I don't think so, but I know right now it's the only horse on the planet that has a chance to win the Triple Crown this yeah. year. There, there's pros and cons you know, with the, the number of horses that you allow in the field, and for me, safety is, is the biggest thing. And ah, overrated. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I mean, I've been to tracks where they've had to, you know, euthanize a horse I've and that sort of thing happen. too. Yeah, I know. And so that's that's, you know, that that's really hard to watch. And we've seen it with these Triple Crown races where we've seen we've seen in Breeders' Cups races where this, you know, horse breaks down or because of traffic and, and all this other stuff. Well, look but what that happened at Santa Anita a couple years ago. Yeah. And I know Brian doesn't like to talk about that. I mean, the track was done wrong and. They lost oh, several horses that year. It was a tragedy. But, and and again, that's a problem that that I'm completely against. But this is yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's a different. A spe- it's a special Di- event. Yeah. It's a different. Yeah. I mean, I, but, I I just love when they go out of the gate because so many races, especially if you have a, a four or five horse field, mm-hmm. the smaller fields, and that you go and it's a clean break. You never hear yeah. it's a clean break in the Kentucky yeah. Derby. There's some jostling and some bumping going on someplace. Unfortunately for Rock Your World fans, yeah. it happened to their horse this year, and he needed the lead. Marco hit the nail on the head why they do it, though. Because the more horses, the more opportunities for betting, more betting handle. You have many different combinations. And there's and a big entry a... fee to get into oh, that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, 20 Absolutely. horses means a lot more money going into a- that pool. Absolutely. So that that's that. But... Like this race, and we talk about it every year, there are so many quality horses that, that have such rough trips because they get sandwiched in. Just the post position alone, we threw out the one right away. Oh, forget about Highly it. Highly motivated yeah. out of the 17 spot yeah, it, because it's never won the Derby. 17, throw that one out. The one on the rail in a 19-horse field. No way he's going to be able to get out. So you can just eliminate so many of, of the handicapping choices just by uh, the post position draw. So on that Wednesday, that Thursday, you know, okay, more than likely with a smaller field, it does bring, you know, more handicapping ability to it. I think a lot of the handicapping, you almost have to throw out the window. One of the reasons why the favorite doesn't win the Derby majority of the time is because there is so much chaos. Do you, you know there's going to be chaos? More horses there. It just means more chaos. But do you throw it out the window, or do you just have to adjust your handicapping and figure in those factors? Okay, I like the one horse, but in this race, it's not the place to be. The 17's never won. I think you just have to adjust it, and some people don't like that. That's why people love to bet the future bets. Just like they do in other sports, you get a future bet on a... You know, Brian Blessing was on before us. How often have you heard him say when he's talking horse racing, I got a horse and I bet him and I got him at 300 to 1 now, and, you know, I just hope he makes the derby because there's 2,000 horses up there before right. the stuff starts or something. So, and, and then, you know, then heaven forbid your horse finally makes the derby and you get one at those, at those bomb prices. 
But then you find that he got the 17 poster, the one post, and he's going to be done anyhow. That's why in the Derby you really have to wait for that post position draw. If you want it smart, if you think your horse is a little bit bigger odds now because it hasn't been that, then you take a shot on it, and then you hope that you get a fortuitous post position. How about a $400,000 entry fee? You like that? 400000 Sure, I don't care. Yeah. I don't have to pay it. <laughs> I, I, I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, crazy. All right, we'll, we'll look forward to the Preakness coming up in two weeks. And uh, hey, this is where the excitement comes. Hey, Medina Spirit. Can he be you know, the next uh, Triple Crown champion? And, and that's but, why I wanted to bring that up, too, that Baffert. If Medina Spirit doesn't win but a different Baffert horse yeah. does, it's going to be interesting in the Belmont because Baffert can still go for it. You know, yeah. but but what if Medina Spirit gets second to the other Baffert horse in the Preakness? Too bad. Then everyone's going to say yeah. he just screwed himself yeah. out of winning the Triple Crown, although yeah. he could still technically win the Triple Crown. And how many times have we seen, hey, this horse has got a shot, and then we find out oh, he's not going to run him? See that that's the downer right there. But hopefully Medina Spirit will run. Well, if, se- if he came out of the race, so I can't imagine them not running him in, unless we've something seen, happened. We've seen that before where the winner oh, we've does seen not. It. That's we've crazy. seen it. We shouldn't see it again. All right. Back a little bit more. I think B. Sal is going to join us. Brian Salmon over at News 3, our sports director. He'll have some thoughts on the, the Raiders draft coming up next. Now, back to more of Las Vegas's favorite sports madman, the Dr. T.C. Martin. All right, get involved in a couple of great promo codes. Save yourself some money. Actually, earn some extra money with the William Hill mobile app. Oh, yes, so easy to do. You bet from your phone, the convenience, wherever you're at. So get the William Hill mobile app if you don't have it already. Download on your phone first and foremost. Then you go over to the Cosmopolitan or any of the William Hill Sportsbook properties and deposit at least $50 into a brand-new account. When you deposit at least $50, Boom! They will match it with an additional 50. Do the math. 50 turns into 100. Only 50 is yours to start with. You get 100 to play with. Great promo. Get involved. How do you get it? Use the promo code TC50. TC50 gets you 50 free dollars at the William Hill Sportsbook. So get that mobile app today. I was a little bit upset when you said, oh, yes. I thought you were going to do the oh, yes since the... Randy Man, uh, Randy Savage, Macho Man was on last night on no, the biography. That would be, ooh yeah, that's what that would be, Frank. Like that, not a oh yes, but a, ooh no, no, yeah. but you, but you did an oh yes, is what I'm saying when yeah. you did that read. Yeah, yeah, I was waiting for the ooh yeah. You're waiting for that. Yeah. Yes, all right. I didn't get it. I was disappointed. Can I do my uh, Macho Man for my RVD? Oh yeah, do whatever you want to. This yeah. is America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ooh yeah, brother, check out. My man Rob Van Dam, yeah, Macho Madness likes that too, yeah. RVDCBD.com, you for your CBD no needs, whatever, yeah. You're an athlete like a Nia Johnson, yeah, a little shoulder pain, you need to have the little CBD oil, yeah, you gotta rub that on your the cream, make you feel good, go to Coach Lindy's practice feeling fresh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Don't know if UNLV's gonna, you know, say okay to the CBD, but that's alright, it's only now, right? Yeah. RVDCBD.com. Use the promo code 21% off, brothers and sisters. TC RVD 21% off anything on the RVDCBD.com menu. Check it out. Ooh, yeah. I would think about that ballpark. Well, I think it's uh, pretty good. <laughs> All right. Nia, what do you think of that? Um. <laughs> It was very interesting. She's going, what the? You're a wrestling fan at all? You ever watch wrestling? No. Yeah. Not really. I don't believe you. Yeah. Not really. Not really. See, you're only into basketball, right? I'm not just into basketball, but it's just what I've been yeah. in my whole life. That's so. what you've been trained to do. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. We're talking about breeding horses. You've been bred to play basketball. Been, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're a hoop specialist. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. If you're just joining us, this is Nia Johnson, UNLV Lady running rebel you guys really did put the running back into the rebels didn't you yeah we tried to um do some this year um it was really exciting to be a part of it um 
to change the culture over there as being Coach Lindy's first recruit. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you do them, you know, her first recruit out of Sacktown, baby. Yeah. Sacktown. You do more running with them than you did in track and field? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and what, what events did you run in track and field? Um, I know you said you ran, but what did you run? Um, it was when I was younger, so I was just running the yeah, track. Yeah, because you're, you're so grisly and old now that it's... Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I haven't... I don't do, like, the dash and all that stuff. I don't do that stuff. I was just running. Okay. <laughs> Racing people. <laughs> just run to run, huh? Just running to run. Run, Forrest, run! <laughs> okay. You don't get that reference either, do you? I do. Oh, you do get that, yeah, one. I get that okay. one. That's classic. That's, that's an iconic one. There you go. Caught it channel surfing one night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when's the season start back up? See, we, I know you're off for the next couple of months, but you're working out. When do you guys get back into working out again? Um, July. July. Yeah, that's All when right. the whole team comes back mm-hmm. and we start working out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any trips uh, planned for you guys? No, I asked her about trips, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's happening in like two more years, but I'll be gone. So. You'll be gone, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, get held back. You know, have, get a red shirt year. No, <laughs> she'll be taking trips with her WNBA team. That's she'll right. Have plenty of trips. There you right. go. There Whatever you go. professional team I'm on, we All take right. trips. All right. So, how closely have you followed the Aces? Um, this past season, I've been kind of just worried about hmm. my own self, so no. I haven't really been like following up. But yeah, um, you've just I been here a year. You've only been in UNLV for a year or two. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's not like she could go to games, so I understand. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, but now you get to go to games. Yeah. There we go. All right, Nia Johnson in the house joined us. All right, let's talk to our good friend over at Channel Three, our sports director, News Three. Hang on the request line. It is not Rockmaster Scott. It is not the Dynamic Three. It's B Sal from the Valley Joe Nor Cow. What it is, what it shall be, what it could be, my man. <laughs> This girl's looking at me like... Goodness gracious. That's that's what you call an introduction. If I can only get an introduction at other shows that I do, if I ever get on and do a show, (laughs) I need T.C. Martin to be my hype man. Hey, why can't... Because he gives me the... The Valley Joe love. Why don't we do this? Valeo, baby. We, we go the Rockmaster Scott in the background, and then I bring you on for Sunday Sports Night like this. We pre-record it, whatever. This is your intro. You and your fly suit. You know what? Let's do it. I could I could do something like that. You know, I had I had Jerry Robinson, Jr. Superstar, yeah. former linebacker for the Raiders and the Eagles. UCLA. He, he don't forget that UCLA, night. brother. Exactly. Yeah, he played at UCLA, and then a couple weeks ago, I had. Dylan Gonzalez, one of the Gonzalez twins, she sang and she did the introduction to the show. So I don't know if if you're on that level of Jerry Robinson and wow. Dylan Gonzalez. You're up there though. You're 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 high. Wow, wow what a backhanded compliment! From I've never had an intro like that before. I don't know if you're at that level. <laughs> Disconnect Yikes. this guy right now. No, 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 no. All of a sudden you went. You got, you, radio, got sent, you got sent down to AAA before the season started. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's got the best radio introduction for sure. Oh, by far. all right, man. Yeah, yeah. Best radio introduction by far. Mm. Leaps and bounds. Okay, all right. Yo, how you guys doing, man? Frankie and my man TC. What's going on? That's it. And we got Nia here. Nia Johnson. You've seen her hoop it up at UNLV before. She joined us in studio today. Yes. Yes. I, I've done. I've done highlights with Nia Johnson before. Whoa. And in the highlights. Nia, hello. You can't see me, but hello. How you doing? Hi. And Nia Johnson is by. Hey, you are my favorite player for the uh, Lady Rebels by far. Oh, and you know why? You. Why? Yes, because one, you can hoop, you can <laughs> shoot, and I'm a shooter. And real talk. That's real talk. And two, my daughter's name is Nia. Oh. I named me, me, me and my wife named our oldest daughter Nia, and I just like you. Wow. So I love your name, and I say that on the air too. And there so, you go. And remember, you love her because she's from Sacktown, baby. Yes, ma'am. Oh, she's from Sacramento? Yeah. That's, that's near Vallejo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, okay. Wait, wait, she's wait. from Sacramento. I didn't know she was. See, now you go. And she was Lindy LaRock's very first recruit out of Sacktown, baby. So first recruit ever, and she happens to be from Sacktown. So that's my girl. Come on. Yeah. She's a hooper. Yeah. Yo, you're a hooper, Nia. Real talk. You're Thank a hooper. you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Be sound. You guys had a great season. We had did. a great season. It was really exciting. Raiders draft, be sound. I know you were covering it from top to bottom. Uh, give me your thoughts, man. Yeah. Well, uh, first thing on the thoughts. 
from the, the draft is the fact that the Raiders had that draft day party inside of Legion Stadium, which was dope. Like, they had some, a few fans that were in there. They had some old Raiders alumni in there as well to interview and talk to. Um, so that was really, really cool. They had the Raiderettes had their very first ever performance inside of Allegiant Stadium, ever. They never performed in there because, remember, they, they didn't go to any games last year, no fans. So that was really cool. As far as, like, the what they drafted and picked up, they went heavy on defense, which is, you know, they needed to, expected, because their defense was terrible. And Alex Leatherwood, uh, I've been talking with a couple of my guys about that. Like, that was a, it seemed like a reach. Uh, he was their, their only first-round draft pick. Uh, I don't know. I, you just hope that the players that they already have on the team pan out and play better than they did in their rookie seasons and everything else. And uh, the free agents that they had before play well. And they don't have to count on the draft picks to do so well because who knows? <laughs> yeah, to be determined. To be determined, not only with Alex Leatherwood, the offensive tackle out of Alabama, but just everybody. You can't judge a draft for at least three years. I mean, two to three years. You can't do it. So we'll yes. we'll see what happens. Yes. And, and it's funny because everyone is thinking, well, wait a minute, this guy was like maybe the ninth or tenth guy at his position, and the Raiders draft him. You know. First round, 17 overall. Come on. And then you start listening to Mike Mayock. And, you know, then I think some of the media guys will might buy the Kool-Aid a little bit and say, okay, well, hey, they really liked him. We'll see how he pans out. He did come from Alabama. So, you know, it just depends on yeah. who you listen to, what kind of spin you want to put on it. But, hey, we, we've heard this before. But bottom line is Trent Brown, he's gone. They're going to put Leatherwood there in a, a position he, you know, Probably hasn't played before, you know, different than what he played at Alabama. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, but you know what, too? I didn't realize this because a lot of people were down on the pick. He was an All-American, and I believe he won the the, the uh, award for the best lineman in the country as well. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is kind of wild if you think about it. So, like, people are down on him, but he was really good. But then again, he played at Alabama, so – I think it's hard to determine how guys are going to be when they play at Alabama because they're playing on an NFL team and they're playing against high school teams. Mm-hmm. To me, I feel like that. The SEC, they say it's so good and everything else, but LSU stunk last year. Um, name the other good team in the SEC last year. Mm-hmm. And Alabama has stockpiled talent, so I don't know, they're just way better than everybody. So, I don't know, we'll see. Well, yeah, it, it kind of seems like if you're a starter at Alabama, then people just assume you're an All-American anyhow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, you, no, you're right. Just like, like, for instance, the quarterback. I'm, I'm coming up here and trashing people. <laughs> but the quarterback, Mac Jones, that got drafted really high, and they talk about how good he is uh, and how accurate he is as a passer. But who was he throwing the ball to that was ever covered? Because I know the receivers from Alabama, they were wide open every time they're – you know what I mean? It seems like how can you judge this guy's accuracy when the guys he's are throwing to, there's no one next to him for five feet. Well, the the only way to actually ah. get that uh, correct would be to probably watch Alabama practices because that's when they were probably covered. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes, that's a that's a good call. But here here's the thing. I, I think that gets blown out of proportion too much too, and they put it so much on the receiver. Here, this guy was a great football player he was a great football player in high school he goes to Alabama and he's going to sit behind Jalen Hurts he's going to sit behind Tua and you know he waited his time and we've seen guys that waited their time waited their time and then they finally get in and and they don't do the job this guy did it immediately this guy was the MVP in their spring games the last couple years and then he gets his chance and you know I I talked to a couple people in that Alabama program uh B-Sal and they said Everybody associated with Alabama football will tell you he was better than Tua. When he was there, he was okay. better than Tua. And i got to take that. And the accuracy, I mean, you, you look at the guy. If you go back and you look at the games, this and that, the tight spiral, where he puts it, I don't care who you're throwing to. you got to give the guy credit. And for me, I think, I'll, I'll, take him, I'll take him over anybody else in that draft at quarterback. And I know, and over Trevor Lawrence? I would. And, and for me... You know, when I was watching wow. Clemson, when I was watching Clemson play too, I looked at Trevor Lawrence a few times, wow. and he has just as much, if not more, talent surrounding him. I mean, they're equal, right? Alabama and Clemson. Oh, Clemson's got a hell of a team. Yeah. I mean, no, they, no. They, their backup actually, did well. Actually, yeah. Yeah. actually, no, they didn't. Actually, no, they didn't. No, but, I mean, come on, Alabama I mean, the year before had, the national champion just had yeah. the most. Yeah. No, how many? Okay, every Clemson wasn't down, Alabama my friend. Had, 
I mean, come on. You can what make are you the, about? You can make the argument Najee no, Harris and Travis Etienne, they're one and one A. I mean, it just depends on, on who okay. you like. And the same thing with with. But the keep going, Lawrence though. You're, you're talking Jones. about receivers. You're talking about receivers. Matt Jones, his top three receivers were all drafted in, I want to say, like in the first round. Oh, no, no, Henry there's no Ruggs doubt. was just drafted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so but, – but, it wasn't like that for Clemson. Well, Clemson it's not like that for any other quarterback in the in the country. You and, make, and you make, your receivers. You make Clemson sound like ah. they're Bethune Cookman or something. Come on, man. It's Clemson. As far as talent is concerned, they're not Alabama. It, it does help to be behind an all pro line as well. Yeah. Or an all American exactly. line. Come on. Wow. Come on. You, are you guys are really saying this? You think <laughs> Alabama's that much better than Clemson? Clemson won the national title right before. It's those two teams and everybody else. Clemson's and, really and good. And put Ohio State up there as well, too. I mean, those guys are the top three by far, and you could take your pick Alabama- one, two, or three. No, I don't think. No, I don't think you can because what was the score of the national championship? I game? understand what was the that. Score of the other one game. Playoff game? Uh, okay, but hey, there, there's just as many Clemson guys in the last two or three years in the NFL as Ohio State and Alabama. They're all right there, my friend. You know that. Come on. No, not really. Right. But I, I, I get what you. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. saying. But Alabama's leaps and bounds, talent-wise, oh. talent-wise, leaps and bounds ahead of everyone. If you're looking at talent and draft picks, all you got to do is look at the draft. All right, and be- this is who Matt Jones played with. All right, but I'll, anyway, I'll, that's what I'll take I'll take Mac Jones. All right, Beast out promo promo. What you got cooking tonight? Oh man, I'm sorry, man. I'm talking too much about Mac Jones, and we should be talking about the Golden Knights and the fact that there you, you know go. they have a game tonight. Yes. They're playing against Minnesota, uh, and I know you guys have talked a little bit about it, but I mean that's huge, 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 huge. What they're four points up on Colorado, heading into the last six games of the season. I want to say, is it five games? Six or five games. So, yeah, that's that's really the biggest thing we got going on. Also, I talked to Mike Tirico over the weekend and talked to him about the Raiders, talked to him about the Golden Knights, about the Olympics, and uh, also the Kentucky Derby that just went past. So, yeah, have some of that as well. So that's, yeah, Channel 3. You can watch that at 6 or 11 o'clock. Check him out. B. Sal. There he is over at uh, News 3. All right, brother, we'll let you go get back to work. Appreciate you checking in for a few minutes. Oh, you're welcome. Man, I'm just happy I got a chance to meet Nia Johnson. Nia, again, she's a hooper. Yes. She is a hooper. I'm glad I got a chance to meet the young lady. I love what you guys are doing with uh, Lady Rebels basketball. Um, I have two girls, you already know, and I want them to play basketball, so I, I'm glad you had her in. And Frank is okay, too. He's all right. <laughs> Thank I, you. I think I appreciate that. This is what we do. We connect people here, B-South. We connect. We network. That's what we do. I'm about you to know follow that. Nia on social media. Follow yeah. me back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, brother. Be good. All right, All right guys. Be good. Appreciate B. Sal for joining us. Marco D'Angelo and D'Erica Hamby from the Las Vegas Aces. You miss any part of the show, you know where to go. Go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Nia, thanks for hanging out today. Thank you for having me. No problem. I got a feeling you're going to be around a little bit more. I am. All we'll right. See. Look at this. <laughs> We're going to put this girl to work. As Kumo D said. That's before your time, too. Yeah, it is. You know old school, though. I do. I'm old school. There you go. All right, cool. All right, Frank. We'll be watching the game tonight. Uh, Golden Knights against the Wild. What happens? Quick. Uh, Minnesota's been their kryptonite. Yep. If Cam Talbot plays well, it could be tough. Vegas is lucky they escaped that last game in Arizona. But it's going to be tough. Remember, it's a 5 o'clock game because it is in Minnesota. You got it. We recap it all tomorrow along with terrible Tuesday takes as well. Have yourself a good one. We'll catch you. Manana for Ballpark Frank, T.C. Martin, and Nia Johnson, and I'm Chuck. Thanks for being with us. Go to the website, check it all out, tcmartinshow.com. We'll catch you tomorrow at 2.